Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to recap the NFL's Week 8 action. Talk a little bit about the uh, World Series, Major League Baseball, and the Royals' new hire for manager. Uh, then we'll talk about the um, NFL's Week 9 preview. Um, let's see, what was... Um, so yeah, we'll start with um, Week 8. What uh, what was the most interesting story from week eight for you, Mike? Is it is it um, uh, teams on their way up, maybe some teams on their way down, or something that didn't happen on the, in a game at all? Maybe something off the field, maybe a Chiefs trade, or maybe um, um, someone else sharing your um, airplane workout regimen. <laughs> well, all of those are interesting. Um... Most of those are interesting in a pretty positive way for me, but uh, the least interesting was my horrible, horrible betting, which we'll get around to, where I followed my 3-0 and week week uh, last week with 0-3 this week, so all the gains I had are gone. But um, I, I I think the most, as, since the Chiefs didn't play this week, um, I was interested that the Chiefs were active in uh, making a trade for uh, Kadarius Tony, the 2021 first round pick by the Giants, who had fallen out of favor in New York, and for you know trading a, a third round pick that was a compensatory pick, I think for uh, Ryan Poles, the GM going to GM candidate going uh, for Chicago now, and a six a six another six round pick, I think, um, which doesn't seem like a whole lot. Of, to give away for a first round pick, especially one Only still one under one. a lot of a lot of control uh, for the next couple of years, uh, and and also when the Chiefs are likely going to lose some of their wide receivers from this year, uh, perhaps mm-hmm. um, Hardman and or uh, Schuster will be gone. So um, I, I think that was a an interesting uh, pickup. Uh, what did you think of that trade, Andrew? Yeah, and um, not very expensive too. So they they got to make a move at the deadline that may or may not have much of an impact on this season, but uh, yeah, going forward, it could be very valuable, especially because it's another speedy guy that, um, you know, that has been their sort of trademark for the, for, the, for the Chiefs to have somebody that is absurdly fast and he seems to fit that mold very well. Yeah, only only going to cost um, $780,000 for the rest of this season, which is well within their cap uh, room that they had left. And, and it seemed like they may have freed up a little bit more cap room too. So maybe there's... Yeah, they tra- when they traded uh, Rashad Fenton just today at the deadline um, for I think a seventh round pick from Atlanta, uh, you know he was making I think you know a couple million dollars per year since it was two, and, th- a, two and a half I think is what third year I think yeah. it was his third or fourth year um, and you know so that that frees up a little bit of cap space because the because Fenton had been passed anyway on the depth chart it seems like by mm-hmm. um, some of the rookies Joshua Williams Jalen Watson. Uh, among others so and and uh, Trent McDuffie is coming back it seems like mm. this week um, from from uh injured reserve so he was Fenton was sort of expendable he didn't mm-hmm. play particularly well this year um had a lot of penalties and big plays against him especially in that Raiders game yeah. and so I think you know maybe the Chiefs now have a little bit more cap space to sign a free agent although it seems like probably it's not going to be Odell Beckham since they uh got Tony uh but you know, could you know somebody else? Uh, we talked about Sue earlier uh, as a possibility. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they'll just try to save the money and and you know do something with it next year. Or I don't know. I don't know what they can do with the, with the money saved. 
Yeah, is that carryover? That isn't really carryover. We can add it to next year's cap, right? So, but I mean, I guess the the owner can um, you know, keep it as for you know bonuses or something, probably for personnel or something like that, right? Yeah, or, or maybe yeah, maybe maybe um, yeah. I think you know, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe maybe there'll be a um somebody out there that ends up getting released by a team, and the Chiefs want to pick up uh, and it might cost a few million. Uh, though there's a little bit of room for that. So essentially, as one of these teams like you know, that are, you know, that, that are falling apart, you know, tanking uh, for next year, trying mm -hmm. to, you know, trying to save money as well. Shedding salary just to yeah do whatever they can, salvage what they can. Yeah. So that could, that could be possible too. Yeah. But yeah, for just, for just um one year removed first round pick, that seems to be pretty reasonable. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Like you said, for next year, I think it's more of a move, especially because it seems like, people coming into the Chiefs offense don't contribute very much mm -hmm. right away. You know, even people like Juju and uh, Vallis Scantling, it's taken, you know, veterans, it's taken them several games to kind of get up to speed. And, you know, we saw, you know, in previous years with you know, Josh Gordon and people like that, you know, it's hard to, I guess, pick up the Chiefs offense quickly. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Tony can step in as a, as a punt returner in place of, the struggling sky more, which might also give me more more chances to to focus on receiving mm -hmm. rather than punt returning. So in Tony's a dynamic punt returner, it seemed like especially from his highlights at Florida. So you know Hardman also is a good punt returner, but maybe we can you know also let Hardman focus more on playing offense. Mm -hmm. And you know Pacheco, Pacheco, you know maybe Pacheco has been playing more offense, you know, and maybe Tony could be a kickoff returner as as well. Even though Pacheco's done pretty well in that role so far, Pacheco even started the last game too. So that's yeah, um, at running back. So it's not uh, you know you probably don't want to be that's that important in the offense to be also returning kicks because it is a somewhat bigger injury risk. If not yeah, you just, a lot bigger yeah. injury risk to be a punt returner. Yeah, um, the Chiefs did it with Tyreek Hill for a little while, mm -hmm. a couple of years. Um, he was still the power return. They still would bring him out for specific kind of big occasions. Yeah. Uh, but Hardman mostly filled that role. And he was an all-pro kick returner one year. Um, so, you know, as he becomes more over an offense, maybe, yeah, maybe that's where you put Tony for now. But, you know, also maybe maybe you can use Tony as a gadget player in the offense, mm -hmm. a couple of plays uh, for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased with that pick. You know, maybe it's somewhat concerning that the Giants already gave up on him. Maybe he's um you know just not cut out for an NFL to be an NFL player for some, for one reason or another yeah but the the picks given up i don't think were you know a, a terrible sacrifice for the chiefs mm -hmm. well and they, and they still retain a pick in each of the rounds um that they're giving the picks up from so they do still, they're not really losing anything. They're just, those are just, they're just giving up the extra picks that they had received for various reasons. Yeah, I think yeah, they still seem to have a comp, full complement of, of, of draft picks for next year. And I think most, is most uh, important for the Chiefs is that they kept their first round pick because they're, uh, Kansas City is hosting the NFL draft right. next year. And they really want to have a, a pick in that first round because of the huge crowd that's going to be there and not having a pick in, you know, like, like this year, they didn't have a pick in the first round. Right. Uh, but if it's in Kansas City, uh, they, I think they really want to have a, a first round pick, yeah. even if it's number 32. Right. 
that's the pick that we all hope for. Thirty-two. Yes. Yes. Although you know, although maybe the last time we picked thirty-two, we picked uh, Edwards Alaire, and that mm -hmm. has maybe maybe it, it's worked out okay, but it hasn't been the the splash that yeah um, that it, that Chiefs fans hope for at least. His first game this year was, um, I think, what people wanted to see from him, but he hasn't really reproduced that. Yeah, he had he, a good he, he had a good rushing touchdown against San Francisco last week. Yeah, he's averaging a decent amount per carry, but he it seems like one of the strengths was supposed to be him coming out of the backfield, and he's really struggled at times to connect with Mahomes. Like mm -hmm. he doesn't like sometimes he doesn't get his head turned around quickly enough, or he you know he dropped a big fourth down pass. Uh, a couple games back, you know, he's he's been spotty at best, even from what was supposed to be his his, his strength. And you know, part of it also maybe he's a little short, so if a, if a ball is a little bit high, he, he has a hard time coming down with it. Like his arms maybe aren't quite as long. You know, it seems like McKinnon's not the biggest guy either, but it seems like McKinnon's a little bit more acrobatic or uh, able to to catch balls out of the backfield than than Edwards Alaris been. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that for some reason it always seems like um, like he manages to become tall and skinny at times, McKinnon, and then uh, just very fast at other times, right? Where he sort of like squeezes through spots. It just it's just really interesting watching him run sometimes. But, uh, yeah, he seems like he almost changes his like size depending on what the situation is. Right? Yeah, he can kind of sneak through. Like he gets really narrow and kind of sneak through small holes, mm. or he can. You know, pound people too. He's 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 only five nine, uh, but he yeah. It seems like yeah, like he says he, he seems like he plays. Uh, three very different styles of play at times, depending on what it is. Yeah, he's he's, been, he's, he's really yeah he's really versatile. That's been a good pickup uh, for the Chiefs to have. Um, did you? Oh, were any other off the field stories uh, interesting interesting uh, to you this past week? I'm thinking of one in particular that uh, involved transatlantic travel. Yes, well, that was really interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I, I've heard that um, that you do some of this, these things on uh, calisthenics on planes. Is that is that true or is that not true? It's unfortunately it's it's not true. No. I have never really. I have you know stretched and things like that in the aisle. <laughs> you know when the plane lands, and, or maybe even you know in the middle of a seven hour flight to Europe. You know you need to get up and stretch your legs some, i did not or, uh run to do lunges or or burpees burpee, or in the aisle no or somersaults or any high knee drills like uh russell wilson yeah. claimed he did while all of his teammates were fast asleep you know dreaming of sugar plums or things like that you know he's he's still active and really wanted everybody to, to know that he was and well i guess the broncos did win against jacksonville in london do you think that signals a, a turnaround for the Broncos this year? They're three and five now. Are they on the road to recovery? Are they going to be the playoff team that everybody thought they'd be? No. <laughs> do do. So, I don't think so either. They they, they didn't. Um, you know they they scored twenty one points, which is a lot of points for Denver, but. Yeah, and it seems like Jacksonville's really sinking, and I mean, you know, that that wasn't a wasn't a particularly impressive 
win. Although it's, you know, London, the games are early. It's a long ways away. It's hard, you know, may, maybe, but it, I'll, I will, you know, if, if Denver makes it back to 500 in the next couple of weeks, uh, then, you know, I think maybe that's something to keep an eye on if you're a Chiefs fan or a, another potential AFC contender for a playoff spot. But right now, I don't think Denver's really shown a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're you think they're um on par with, with the Chargers or do you think they're um still uh, like a run below the Chargers on the uh to be concerned about for the for the Chiefs or or none of them or any or any of the AFC opponents really anything to be uh, worried about for the Chiefs? Well, we saw the Chiefs have real have real trouble handling the Chargers back in week was week two. Yeah. When they played on Thursday night, you could maybe dismiss some of that as, as weird Thursday night uh, jitters or you know ill preparedness. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the Chargers are really built to try to dethrone the Chiefs mm-hmm. more than any other team outside Buffalo. And so I would still worry more about the Chargers. They've been injured. Maybe again they're going to get healthy. I guess at some point, mm-hmm. but. Now Mike Williams has hurt. It was Keenan Allen before, mm-hmm. and Herbert's kind of struggled with injuries. I I don't think Denver is as strong as as the Chargers. I don't even know if they're as strong as the Raiders, even though of course the Raiders have been really inconsistent and you know in some cases downright awful. But they played the Chiefs very well in Arrowhead. So you know those division games. Maybe you know you know who knows what's going to happen with. Denver, but Wilson hasn't looked like the Russell Wilson of old. Even uh, although I guess maybe with his exercises on the plane, he he had a slightly better game than he has had previously. He um, his stats he threw for 252 yards against the um, Jaguars, one touchdown pass, one interception. He only complete he, he only had a qbr of 36.7 and a regular rating of 84.3 so nothing to really write home about but mm. the you know the broncos do have a pretty good rushing attack with murray and gordon now they have some good receivers but it seems like they don't get i think as we talked about before i think they have a really bad coach and nathaniel hackett i think is is outwitted and um, outmatched in most of his, in most of the games that he's coaching. Maybe. Is that purely a, a legacy coach trait or uh, or is it just specific to him? In, in it's, well, I think it's, I, I, I think he was hired simply because he was a legacy and because he was Aaron Rodgers' drinking buddy. And they thought that, I think I think at one point the Broncos thought Aaron Rodgers was going to come That's to, right. to Denver, and they ended up they ended up with Russell Wilson, who a lot of people thought was a better pick than Aaron Rodgers because he's several years younger. But mm. that, you know, I don't know who I'd want this year. <laughs> you know, what kind of uh, wa- it's a seemingly washed up Russell Wilson or a seemingly washed up Aaron Rodgers? Who would you rather have this this season as your quarterback? I mean. I'd take neither of them. I mean, because I, I mean, it seems like they'd, uh, you know, neither of them really have a chance. I mean, if you if you think which team is going to have a better chance to make the playoffs, it's going to be by far Green Bay, even with a washed up Rodgers. 
if that is the case, um, right? I think so, because, simply because it's the NFC. Yeah. And the NFC is not very good. We, uh, I think when it's when all said and done, I think the best team in the NFC might actually be San Francisco. Yeah. Even though they're, they're only four and four. But when, you know, McCaffrey looked re really good this past week, he threw for a touchdown, he ran for a touchdown, he um, caught a touchdown pass. Mm -hmm. which was like first time that it happened for 15 years. Yeah. yeah I think Ladanian Tomlinson in like 05 was the last person to do that. Although yeah. some of those, some of those statutes are a little bit gimmicky because what would you, you know, do you, would you rather have a three touchdown game kind of like that? Or would you rather have, you know, uh, four rushing touchdowns or something right. like that, that, you know, that's more common, but you know, and also more impactful than well, like Travis, Travis Kelsey having four touchdown catches. Yeah. Four receiving touchdowns yeah. in one game. Yeah. Yeah, so I but McCaffrey looked really good. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good in the short uh, amount of time that he spent on the field against the Chiefs, even. So you know, I think if McCaffrey gets rolling, you know, another legacy coach, Mike Shanahan. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, Mike uh, Shanahan's son. You know, I think he is actually a good coach, but he's been kind of held back by his quarterback whether it be Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. And mm -hmm. in some ways, I think he's been too successful with those quarterbacks to get a, new, a, quarter, a good quarterback in the draft because, well, uh, Garoppolo has been able to take the team to the NFC Championship game a couple of times, Super Bowl one time. And, you know, it's... But I guess they did draft high for, for Trey Lance, but he was, I believe, the third quarterback taken that draft, wasn't he? I think so. It sounds weird. You're, he was uh, taken at number three overall in the uh, 2021 NFL draft. I'm trying to see. Do you remember, I'm trying to remember who was. Oh, it was Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were taken one and two. Okay. And that was also the draft where uh, Justin Fields and Mac Jones were picked, also in the top 15. Do you think which which, which of those quarterbacks uh, that weren't that uh, I think that aren't Lawrence or Wilson would you rather have uh, Lance? You know, even if he was healthy, Lance Fields or Jones, which one of those quarterbacks would you? Want? Um. Well, I guess. Uh... I guess Daniel Jones, I get, I suppose, right? Um, he said Mac least, Jones, Mac Jones, not Daniel Jones. Oh, Mac Jones, it's Mac Jones, yes. Well, yeah, still Mac Jones, still Jones, different Jones, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think uh, Fields is, I think Fields is the most intriguing of those three players. Yeah, he's probably the most interesting of the three, but I don't know that he's going to have any success being. Sell on the, on the with the Bears team though, but, but if he were drafted by the 49ers, yeah, um, I don't know, yeah, it's hard, hard to say <laughs> what the difference would be. Yeah. Initially. I don't think Lance, I don't think Lance was a good pick because basically he, yeah. he had play he played very little in college, yeah, and he and he only and he didn't play at a high level in college. He only played he played uh, FCS at North Dakota State, yeah, and he only. Looking at Lance, I think he only started 
17 games in his three seasons at North Dakota State. He skipped almost the entire 2020 season, the COVID season. He only played one game, I think, uh, against Central Arkansas. And and he, uh, you know, I think I think the team played more like in the spring or something in 2021, yeah. but Lance opted out to go to the NFL draft. So mm-hmm. he had very little experience in college playing quarterback. And he, I don't think he had, you know, he, so he's, he hasn't had a ton of experience. He's all, and, you know, he's been hurt this year. You know, that's not his fault necessarily, but, you know, I, I, I like, you know, at least Fields his experience. He played for Ohio State. He was also, along with Trevor Lawrence, when they were recruited by colleges, I think he was like one of the also top quarterbacks of that year. Um, so he, I think he's been playing quarterback at a higher level longer. So, you know, again, maybe, maybe this means that just Lance is, you know, hasn't been battle scarred as much as these other players but yeah i i i would say that the 49ers want that pick back. would you uh, would you have taken um lance over um uh who's a green bay uh green bay's backup quarterback oh jordan love who wasn't who was possibly not even the best quarterback with the last name of love from the conference he was drafted out of is that yeah we that? talked about that yeah um a couple of years ago yeah, I I don't know who I, I I guess I would rather have Lance, but I wouldn't want either of those guys necessarily. They're they're you know, they were both picked on potential, but I think talent wise and you know production wise, I don't I don't think they had enough really to warrant such a high selection i think they were more comparable maybe to somebody like malik willis picked by the titans who played also for a kind of insignificant you know at least in terms of you know football powerhouse he played for liberty university jerry falwell's uh school uh and we saw he was picked in the third round i think some people thought he would go in the first round but most the, the teams the only quarterback picked in the first round this past year's draft was um, what it was, uh, uh, the, the, the Steelers, mm, uh, quarterback, Pickett. uh, Cody Pickett. Yeah. 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 He was the only Kenny, one. Kenny Pickett, right? Kenny, Kenny Pickett, not Cody. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Kenny, Cody, whatever. And he, he, played, yeah. he has played a little bit, right? From the Steelers now? Yeah. Yeah. Since, Buffalo uh, Trubisky didn't seem like he was really cutting it. So they yeah. brought him, pick, they put Pickett in. So yeah, maybe he maybe he's he was a hometown kid, or at least he played at University of Pittsburgh and was drafted by the Steelers. I haven't, yeah. I haven't really checked in on on the Steelers. They got they got blown out this week. Um, yeah, the, Kenny Pickett. He's he threw thirty eight passes, only one hundred ninety one yards. In this most recent game was sacked six times. Pretty tough. Pretty yeah. tough. Pretty tough game. Yeah. So he's played. Yeah, he's thrown two touchdowns, eight interceptions. 
quarterback rating of 66.8, a QBR of 38.6. So not very good so far. Yeah. He's only started four games, but he's completing a number of passes. I think he got unlucky on some of his interceptions and, you know, the Steelers offense is not very good. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's going to struggle forever, but I don't. He did rush for in the last game. He did rush for um, thirty-seven yards on seven carries. He, he did also um, fumble twice. Well, yeah, he's a yeah. He's he's a reminds me a little bit of. If you can hit that many times, you're bound to fumble some of the time. Right? Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of kind of the excitement, but the not very good play of <laughs> former Chiefs quarterback Tyler Thigpen. Do you remember Ooh. him? Yeah, he's a, he, he, one of those um, uh, upper echelons of the uh, the Chiefs' history, right? Wait. No. Yeah, the Chiefs went one and – this is 2008. So when the Chiefs – the Chiefs went one and ten when, when Thigpen started. But he did throw 18 touchdowns and 12 picks. Yeah. Uh, he never – he only started one game after he left Kansas City. Is that right? For Miami in 2010, actually. Wow. He was out of the league. By 2012, he played for the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and then the Bills. And he he was signed to the Browns, uh, but released uh, before the 2014 season. After the signing of Rex Grossman, it says. Oh. Oh, but then he re-signed with the Browns when Johnny Manziel and Brian Hoyer got hurt. Somebody didn't end up playing for the Browns. (laughs) Those are some uh, top-name quarterbacks. Rex Grossman. Johnny Menzel and Brian Hoyer. Yes. I wonder the Browns have been so unsuccessful for so I'm, long. I'm willing to bet that we may have the only uh, podcast YouTube show that mentioned all of those quarterbacks. <laughs> is that is that going out on a limb? Uh, I, I I think I, I don't think it's a, I think it's a if it's a, if it's a limb it's a fairly sturdy limb that should hold most of your body weight. Okay, I'm not worried. A trunk-like limb, maybe. But yeah, I, I, that's who it kind of reminds me of, is Thigpen. But yeah, that was one of the, one of the worst years of. Uh, Thigpen yeah, was maybe a little more of a runner. Yeah. Than Pickett. It might just be their names too. So they're sort of Tyler Thigpen, Cody Pickett. I mean Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Uh, they have that kind of. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know kind of quality of a name to me but you know were there any other event so oh speaking of um we, we talked we talked briefly about aaron the washed up possibly rogers and russell wilson what about uh what about tom brady's uh performance does he seem do you think he's going to retire after this year? Is he going to go someplace else? Do you think, or or stick with uh, Tampa after this year? He's, he's yeah, they're three and five, like like the Packers are three and five. Well, I think um yeah, but there's um things that happened in the off season, um, you know, sp- splitting uh, with Giselle. Uh, I think he almost has to play another season. Do you know I mean like I mean if it was worth getting going through a divorce to play one more season. You have to play more than one season, right? I think so too. And he and seemed like he wanted to go to Miami yeah. this past off season. So he want he wasn't he wasn't uh afraid of going someplace besides Tampa either. You know, maybe he ends up in 
San Francisco next yeah. year. It's a I think yeah, I think he would go somewhere else. But I think it has to be a like a destination city that probably already has like decent receivers. And well, both Rogers and Brady have ties to the to the Bay Area. That's right. Do you think which 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 player do you think more likely will, would end up there or play or at least play next season? Do you think Rogers is much younger or several years younger now? Yeah. Do you think Do you think if his team does if, if Green Bay say the flame it flames out and goes six and eleven or something like that, yeah. do you think he tries to go someplace else? Does he stick it out with Green Bay or does he he retire? I think I think he could easily convince another team that that um, the problems that he has had are not actually because of him; they're actually because of Green Bay's coach and general manager, you know, forcing him to try to do something that's not that he's not comfortable with. Um, I think he'd easily get it, can make that make that a conversation with with somebody, and you know at least be able to go somewhere else. But uh, yeah, I don't know. San, if San Francisco, if, if they are tied to um, Trey Lance, then they may not want to do that because they'd have to put Lance back down again for another year. I don't know if they want to wait or trade him someplace. Or trade him. That's a lot of that's a lot of work to do. <laughs> So you know, I for can't one, see them. For, I can't for see like, them for like one year though, because they're really only looking for one year from Rogers or Brady. Should they do it? So I, yeah, that's that's one of those things where like the uh, the player may want another year, but I don't know that the team's going to want to give them a year. Does that does that make sense? That makes yeah. But it's also one of those things where do you like? I can't I can't see the 49ers keeping Garoppolo next year. No, probably not. I mean, even if they go back to like the NFC Championship game. I don't think Garoppolo would want to stay because he feels like he's not wanted, even though he has some success. Yeah, but maybe that's the best place for him because they can dictate. He's been successful there. It's, you think he a, would go back? You think he would try to go to New England? Garoppolo or Bra- or Brady, either one. Hmm. Because Garoppolo think, got forced out of New England. Yeah, right? yeah, he but was by Brady. Brady didn't want him, but there. he was. Yeah, he was Belichick's guy. Yeah. I could see him coming back to a New England. I could, you know, I could also see Rogers winding up in some weird place, you know, like that next year. It's it's a, yeah. I think I think next year these these aging quarterbacks and the unwanted quarterbacks, even uh, from you know like Garoppolo, it's going to be interesting because I don't think yeah. It seems like New England doesn't have an answer at quarterback, even though the team's okay. Mac Jones doesn't seem really much better than than uh, Bailey, than uh, Bailey Zappi right now. And but he seems he's to be let, back, back in the starting role. Yes. And they won last week with him. Mm-hmm. But I don't and think it's... And they didn't um, switch quarterbacks. No. <laughs> I don't think it sits well with them that Bailey Zappi was more popular. They were cheering for Bailey Zappi and not Mac Jones in New England's loss to Chicago. So... Mm. Yeah. So I was going to ask. Um, yeah. So, oh, well, yeah. The, I would think that Rogers may be more likely to go somewhere, but I don't know that he has the pull to go to where he necessarily wants to go. It would be my guess. I think Brady could, I think he'll only go to certain places, but I think Rogers might go to a weird place. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
that's what I, I could see him going just somewhere crazy just to show he's better than Green Bay. Yeah, I think Rodgers has a contract. Yeah. Yeah, I think into 2024. Yeah. So like he might he might opt for re- he might more likely opt for retirement than playing someplace else. I'm yeah. Sure. Sometimes sometimes they'll um just cancel the contract though too if they you know mutually agree upon some kind of buyout or or yeah, maybe. cancellation of a contract. Just if he if he can get an, an offer somewhere else, they may just like release him. Let him try to find a, find somewhere else. If he wants to, if he wants to go, or they could try to trade him, but I don't know if they're going to give up anything for him necessarily. But I can see him going somewhere crazy, like bizarre, like a Jacksonville, or a, you know, just just to just to do it, just to, yeah. just to say that he is better than the Green Bay system was trying to force onto him, right? Um, but I don't, I yeah. only see um, Brady going somewhere where he wants to go, and that's it. Like and it'd have to be like a destination, so a, big, a bigger city with. You don't think he's going to be good at the Titans with Tana, I can't, instead of I can't imagine or... it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Houston. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be, like, be like San Francisco, maybe New England again, possibly. Washington. Nope, I don't think so. The team's not good enough. Indianapolis. I don't think it matters with the defense. I think it's only. Um, I think he only cares about um, his side of the ball. We might guess. Okay. Try trying to like um, you know go into the what I what I think the Tom Brady mentality is. <laughs> is that that's my that's my read on it anyway. Did you, uh, maybe let's, do you want to swipe, go back go into our bets for last week and see how we did? Sure. You started you you had you uh you started off well right? Who did, I did who, yeah. What was your I had, first? I had the um the Thursday night game the Baltimore at Tampa. I had Baltimore minus one point five. Uh, it's close game. Um, but uh, Baltimore ended up holding on and and, uh, and winning, and uh, and covering that too. So sorry, finally got an early win. Yeah, yeah. It was a first Thursday night bet for a while. And yeah, they uh, Baltimore won outright, and they covered, and they covered, mm-hmm. and they looked pretty good doing it, uh, even with Mark Andrews going down. They won twenty-seven, uh, twenty-two. It was a road game, so they weren't they weren't uh, at risk for blowing a huge lead and then losing. Yeah, that's 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 true. They most of the big leads that they lost at home. My yeah, so you you were successful out, out, uh, right off the bat. Um, as we indicated earlier, I was unsuccessful all day. I loud think, and loud unsuccessful on, on Sunday. Yeah, I I had picked the Las Vegas Raiders in my only uh, point spread game of of the week. I had picked the Raiders who were favored by two points on the road in New Orleans. I thought they'd score quite a few points. I think I New Orleans was really struggling. But it turns out that the Raiders laid a big goose egg and lost 24 to nothing. So I missed that one by 26 points. And, and I just read this um, stat about their futility in that game. They did not make it to the other side of the field until the two-minute warning of the second half. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
How? Alan, how is that possible? I don't know. Alan Kamara got had a big game, and Derek Carr threw. Uh, yeah, Jared Stidham got into the game. I guess that was late. That was that was how they got onto the other side of the field. Was with Stidham. Yes, Stidham threw was eight for thirteen for seventy two yards with with better stats looking than Carr going through for one hundred one yards. But uh, yeah. Stidham, yeah, you know, we remember uh, Stidham from his time in New England getting beat, uh, beaten out for the starting job by Cam Newton and then leaving and things like that. So it's, yeah, that's a, I was a, that was a very bad game for the Raiders. And do you think, which team do you think is in, in better shape right now, the Raiders or the Broncos in the AFC West of the, of the two? teams with losing records yeah i mean yeah for right now i think mean, you'd have to be well i think the raiders are in far be the worst possible shape to get it be in i think right now they're, they're two and six to the three and five of, of the broncos yeah but getting shut out um having to put your back of quarterback in just to like finish a game not making it onto the other side of the field for most of the game that's hard to um, to see much um, light at the end of the of the tunnel there. Um, they also have a rookie. Least, they also have a, uh, a and especially because um, the Broncos just won too. It wasn't yeah. So they they have to be they you know trending at least somewhat up. And the Raiders look ooh that was that yeah. Would you rather have Josh McDaniels or Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach? No. <laughs> is that it? No head coach. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, Oh, prior to this week, I would have thought the Raiders were in better shape, but now I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, how how did your how did your second bet go, Andrew? Uh, so so the one that I missed was um, possibly because I picked in the same game that that, that you had chosen from. Yeah, my <laughs> maybe maybe I sort of just run away from any game that you my had sphere had. of awfulness uh, <laughs> engulfed uh, your, your over on, on my side of bets too. Uh, but I had I took the over on that because um, both the Raiders and New Orleans um, had a very good record against uh, the over with the over covering the over, uh, but they didn't come anywhere close. Um, a goose egg doesn't help cover an over, um, and so it was over under was a forty nine and a half. They missed that by uh, you know a mere twenty five and a half points. Uh, <laughs> So, so you, even even a late flurry would have been, uh, you know, not not helpful. I can yeah. turn that one off basically at the third, saying there's absolutely no chance of getting that. So mm-hmm. just write that one off mentally. Yeah, my, my my I was perhaps even worse with my second bet than you were. I I I had picked this is the Bears Cowboys game. I picked the under there again. A lot of games this year have been going under. The teams have been scoring less than previous years. The Bears' offense is not very good. The Cowboys have had a strong defense and not a really great offense either. Mm-hmm. So I thought under 42 and a half was a distinct possibility. I thought maybe it would be a 24-14 type of game with the Cowboys winning. However, it turned out to be a 49-29 to 29 contest. A grand total of 88 points were scored yes. in that game. The Cowboys themselves went over the point total of the whole uh contest so 
I missed that one by 35 and a half points, 88 points were scored. I was, I was going to be under 42 and a half. So that was a real blowout from the very so beginning. Even if, even if five touchdowns didn't happen, still would have covered. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. not but, a good thing. But it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's uh, one one loss is one loss, right? So it's not yeah. How bad the losses is irrelevant. You don't you don't lose more money if they lose worse, right? Yeah, my 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 third bet was just was better in terms of score. It was the it was, I picked under the Miami Detroit game. That was a higher total, fifty one point five. I thought you know, Miami hadn't been playing that well on offense, even with Tua's return. Detroit had been shut out. Uh, one of the two weeks previously, and I think only scored six points the next week. So they're averaging three points per game in right. of the previous two weeks. And that game soared over uh, the 51 and a half as well. I guess it was only 58, uh, 58 points total, a 31-27 Dolphins victory, but still an it, over. It was a scoreless fourth quarter, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they hit the over like fairly fast and then just quit, right? Yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing though. Was, uh, they, they they hit the over um six minutes into the uh yeah, into the third quarter, into the second half. Well they actually they're you know they only they're only at fifty one point six years, six six it was twenty seven, twenty four. They're only at fifty one. It oh, was only with 12 seconds left in the third quarter right. when Mike Kosicki caught the touchdown pass from Tua to make it over. But half a point, I could, yeah, half a point in 21 minutes, I, I needed to uh, um, yeah, but yeah, that was not yeah. Uh, your third, your third bet went, went much better than my third bet. Yeah, I, I was um, betting on the, um, the Giants um, winning ways to come to at least a, a, maybe a quick halt anyway uh, against the Seahawks. I had uh, Seahawks minus three, and uh, they covered that pretty handily. 27-13, um, yeah, they won. Yeah, 27-13, yeah. It was, it was a pretty close game until later, I think. And the Seahawks kind of the fourth quarter, yeah, the Giants had been kind of winning the fourth quarters, but then here they their, their kind of luck ran out at the end of the game, I think. Which team is? Do you think the Do you think the Seahawks are a real contender in the NFC? I think they've got yeah, a really good shot. Yeah, I think I think they may be. Um, they they could end up taking the West. Actually, I, I think they're in the, the lead right now. Right, they're one game up on San Francisco at four and four. Although San Francisco beat the Seahawks pretty handily mm. when they played their only game so far. That was in San Francisco, twenty seven to seven in San Francisco. So I still think I think the Seahawks might be able to make the playoffs for sure, especially given the given the kind of you know, I think that maybe the Giants also can still make might make the playoffs. I think both of those teams are playoff caliber in the kind of otherwise pretty moribund NFC. But yeah, I especially seen like those 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 big powers of last of yesteryear. I don't think the I don't I don't know if the Rams are gonna be able to make the playoffs. I don't know if Green Bay or Tampa Bay will will make the playoffs. So that's, you know, each of those teams is under 500, only three wins on the season. So the 49ers are actually in the um, 
right now hold the last playoff spot at four and four. If if the season ended right now, the season ended right now, they would be in the playoffs. Yes. And the 49ers are the yeah, 49ers would be the seven spot. Yeah. Giants would be in at six. Cowboys would have the other wild card slot at five. The 49ers also have a plus 29 point differential, which puts them tied for third in the conference. They're tied with the six and one Vikings and ahead of the Seahawks. That's pretty amazing, I think. The Vikings are as good as their six and one record. Yeah, the Giants are six and two with only a plus six point differential. Do they they have a a similar like um, Pythagorean stat like they do in baseball? I think they. They must um, like the, the, the Giants are a four and four team by that point status. Although sometimes you know in football, you know you can run up the score or, or whatever. That you know the mm-hmm. I think there's kind of diminishing returns on some of those big victories. But yeah, the Chiefs have are five and two, and they have a plus fifty one point differential, which is second in behind the behind the Bills. In the mm-hmm. NFC, their opponent for next week, the Titans, are five and two. They have a minus six point differential. So that's impressive. Yeah, and the you know, do you know the only team with a positive point differential in the NFC in the AFC South? I no, I oh well, Jacksonville had that big shutout. Yes, Jacksonville is two and six, but they're plus fourteen. I mean, <laughs> That's crazy. Because yeah, they had that, that big win against um Chargers. Against the Chargers and a shutout against Indianapolis. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. The, the season doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot the of ways. doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> and we both got there kind of different ways, but now we're each eleven we're ten and fourteen. Ten fourteen. On the season, minus four hundred through eight weeks. So we're only losing $50 a week at this That's point, right. which is saying something. It's, it's such an improvement from where we were before. <laughs> I, I mean, I was averaging $100 a week loss not too long ago. So my last couple of weeks have really um, saved my season, I guess. <laughs> well, well, before we get to our next week picks and see how we do, uh, do you want to talk, do you want to switch and talk a little bit about baseball? Sure. The um, as what series is going on? The uh, Phillies Astros game three is now in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, Phillies are ahead a seven to nothing still. Seven to nothing. Phillies looks like so. The Phillies will likely take a two to one series lead. Does that do, does that change your perception on the series? Do you think that Philadelphia now has a chance? Well, they're actually in the driver's seat, right? Because they they did they stole a game. Mm-hmm. They have two more home games coming up, and then yeah, because of um, I guess it was during during COVID actually, they um, they, they switched to the two three two um, scheduling, so it's not the uh, two two one 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 
They used they to they used that. to have the two two three two. That was the old way of doing it. And then, and then they had switched to the one one one, right? Oh, the did end. they? I don't remember that. Okay. And then, and then they went back to the two three two. I believe. I believe that's right. I like um, the classic two three two. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the um two two one 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 because it's um it it doesn't create the scenario like we have right now, where if you win one game on the road to start as a road team, then you can win the series at home without ever having to go back to the, the other uh, city. Yeah, I think it, it's better for travel this way, but uh, I don't think it's the best for um, if there actually is a home field advantage. Like, there's a slight home field advantage in baseball, right? Isn't it like um, like uh, two or three percent in favor of the home team? It's not much. It's just a slight edge. Yeah. I thought well, the games are like a coin toss then. I was thinking that the MLB always did two three two. Hmm. I don't know. I thought it was a switch. I don't know. When the Royals were playing, it was two three two. When the Royals played the the, the Mets, it was two three two. The Mets yeah. had the middle three games. That's why the Royals um like you know, I think the Royals won their first two at home and then they they lost one at the Mets and then they won the next two to go four and one i think the alcs has sometimes been two two one 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 but i don't know we can we can we can check that in post regardless yes the uh the phillies are the driver's seat though right they can win they can win out at home without having to go back to houston i think especially given the fact that houston is seen as a team that does not play fair and a team, I think, that does even better when they're at home than they are on the road because of these, you know, seeming illegalities that they're attached to. I think, yeah, I, I think it would. And maybe be... some new ones too that uh, popped up in the last game, game two. Yeah, we had we had a perhaps illegal substance being used, right? That that was um, apparently caught on video, but I don't think they talked about it during the game in a way that they should. Um... Framber Valdez was um, rubbing the palm of his hand in a, in a way it looked like he was trying to put something onto the tips of his fingers to maybe get a little more spin on the ball. Um, that has been something that has been shown in Houston is that um, players that pitchers have gone to Houston, their spin rates like go up almost immediately. Yeah. When as soon as like as soon as they get there, whether it's a technique thing or a technique thing that involves a substance. Um, has not been proven, I don't think, but uh, I have seen uh, an increase in spin rate in, in uh, suddenly arriving in, in Houston. And it looks like, oh, yeah, also former Royals catcher, Martin Maldonado, uh, who's, who's also had an illegal bat uh, that was confiscated in, in game one. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we, I don't know if uh, the Houston, Houston's uh, uh, cheating days are behind them. Does not appear to be so. But I think I, I I am feeling much more confident about the Phillies' chances at victory than I did going into the series. So let's. let's mm. I don't think anybody outside the Houston area really is rooting for the Astros. That's right. That's why it's safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's. Yeah. So let's. So for yeah. what it seems like, Houston, uh, the Phillies are, are going to be up two games to one with two more home games so maybe they can close it out and i guess it won't put it wouldn't put it past them either to be able to take another game 
in Houston since they've done it already. There's one one interesting piece of trivia that I that I happened to spot this week um, that was assisted with um, Game Two of the World Series. The um, umpire for the game, Pat Hoberg, apparently umped a perfect game where every pitch that he called the ball was outside of the uh, pitch tracks um, designated box. Every ball he called, a, every pitch he called a strike was inside the uh, designated uh, pitch tracks wow. box. Um, so he had a 100% accuracy for balls and strikes called. Um, there was a website which I was totally unaware of before hearing the statistic and then finding the, finding the website afterwards, umpscorecards.com. They have 18,209 games where they've, they have a, a scorecard on, on the umpire for each of the game. How many recorded perfect umpiring games do you think there have been? Uh, and this goes from, I think, 20, 2015 to present. So 18,000 games. How many 100% accuracy games? I'm going to guess it's rare, of course. Um, I'd say well under 100, probably under under 20. Let's say 12. That's a, that's a solid, rational thought. Um, but this actually is the only instance. Wow. So it is the only time it's happened, apparently. Is Pat Hope? Hoberg going to be the basis of the new robot eye uh, that well, is coming down the pike in and again, he'd have a few to. years? Or would he be the only umpire that would not have to use a robot since <laughs> he was able to call a perfect game? I think, I mean, I think that's really what how how um, it should be used is that um, they, they should like be given these report cards basically, maybe even during the game, like saying, like, well, you know, you're missing the outside corners to see if they can correct it. And if they don't correct it, then it's like it, you know, hastens the move to just having it called by pitch tracks. You know, we already have that. We see it on the television now, like what they, the, you know, the, the capability of the, uh, of, um, you know, the robot umpire. So. Oh, it says, I was, I was reading about Hoberg just now. It says earlier in the 22 season, Hoberg was one missed call away from calling another yeah. perfect game. So he, he has a he has a really good record apparently as as an umpire that particular umpire Pat Hoberg. So he's much better than somebody like uh, Angel Hernandez or right Joe West. Cowboy Joe West. <laughs> wow. Yes. Also, we yeah. also had some more so, local. But anytime you can have an you know an eighteen thousand game sample size and be the only instance, that's um, that's kind of impressive, right? This is impressive. So now, so now, should he be praised for this, or should that just be what you know is um, should it be much more common? Well, I think should just be like, yeah, good. That's what you did. You actually did your job correctly. Well, <laughs> I, I, well, I think Pat Hoberg is going to become the John Henry of umpires, the only one who could beat the robot. Yes, but he's going to maybe maybe. Uh, die trying, you know, just as John Henry uh, tried to go against the machine that could lay the rails faster than a human, and you know, let's, 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 uh, so he might he might become a folk hero of of similar of similar stature stature to John Henry, the steel driving man, Pat Hoberg, future folk hero. Speaking of potential future folk heroes, 
the, the, do you think the Royals have one in their pick of Matt Potraro as the new manager? What do you think of that? What do you think of that hire? Former Rays coach Matt Quattraro. They're uh, yeah, former uh, bench coach. Um, I think I think it's a I think it was a really good hire, a solid hire. Um, I did if I didn't really know much about him before the announcement. Uh, yeah, I didn't but, either. Um, yeah, I I read a lot a, a bit about him and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. So he he does have a lot of um, history with Tampa. Drafted by Tampa, he made it up to the AAA team, and then he moved over to coaching. He started as the assistant catcher's coach at Low A um, in the in the Tampa organization, and worked his way up to manager in the A, a ball system. We're getting hired um, in the Cleveland Indians organization uh, as a third base coach. Where he probably met, or at least may have known of, or John Sherman knew of him, because Sherman would have been an owner uh, of the Indians mm. there, the then Indians now now Guardians. Guardians. Uh, so yeah, before um, before coming back to the Rays, um, and then moving into the bench coach role, uh, when was it Charlie Montero got um, selected to be the Blue Jays head coach, so the opening for the bench coach was open. Uh, so yeah, so he's you know been been with an organization that uh, you know knows how to develop players, been successful at developing players, and uh, you know on a budget too. So that that's the right model that the Royals need to go after. And I think they may have picked a done a good job um, selecting. Yeah, someone. yeah, both Cleveland and Tampa do that sort of thing, and mm-hmm. and Cleveland had the youngest roster in the league this year, and they still made the playoffs. The Rays were they were over 500 this year and also made the playoffs they lost mm-hmm. to tampa in the wild card so i mean they lost to cleveland in the wild card mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i think both those organizations are good to good to pick people from it seems like piccolo is doing a you know solid job and you know is i guess it could have been i think some would have wouldn't have been surprised had Royals picked Pedro Grifol to be their next manager, longtime bench coach and hitting coach for the Royals. But he ended up going to Chicago, uh, where it seems like he's going to be their the White Sox new manager. What do you think of that hire for the White Sox? And how does that how does that impact the Royals uh, with Pedro Grifol? That's probably the best um, thing that could happen for the, the Royals is that uh, they wouldn't have a like disgruntled bench coach. Um, being passed over, passed over uh, yeah. uh, but then still forced to stay in the same role while an equivalent person from another organization came in on top of them. I think that would have, that would have been pretty bad um, for the Royals, for the Royals to have that situation develop. Um, but I think uh, it's going to be great for Grafol though, too. I think he fits really nicely into the White Sox organization with a lot of um, Latin American players. Uh, Grifol has always been the um, translator for the uh, Latin American players for the for the Royals young players um, that aren't necessarily competent speaking English during interviews. So um, I think he'll he'll have a much better chance of communicating with the the young kind of brash uh, players that uh, the White Sox have. Um, yeah, much better than what Larusa managed to do when they when they um, chose. I was surprised when they chose Larusa for one thing. 
Uh, that, that didn't seem like it fit very well. It, you know, played out. He had uh, been the White Sox manager back in the 80s. But yeah, now he had the health problems and he's seen as kind of being more increasingly out of touch with younger players than I think yeah. you know, becoming increasingly kind of Trumpy and just not maybe in step with younger culture. Yeah. Um, do you think Griffol or Quattraro wins more games next year? Um, well, the White Sox roster is built to win now. If the White Sox don't win more games, something has gone very wrong. Uh, so, I mean, I, I would fully expect the White Sox to win more games next year. Um, the White Sox were 81 and 81. Mm, they were 44. They were 44 and 37 on the road, but they were 37 and 44 at home, mm. which is, makes them, I believe, the only team in the American League that had a home record that was worse than their road record. That's pretty, that's pretty odd. That is, um, that's not very normal. The, uh, the I think the Rangers... The Likely, I mean, I think they were expected to win the division. Yeah, I think they were too. Maybe, maybe handily um, and make a deep playoff run. I think it was kind of the expectation before the season started, and then it did not go that way at all. And Cleveland and the Rangers each finished with the same record home in a way. The Cleveland was 46 and 35, both home in a way, and the Rangers were 34 and 47, both home in a way. So no home field advantage at all for those for those guys. That's yeah, in even splits. That's pretty a couple of teams in the National League were worse on the road than the, worse at worse at home than they were on the road. But both of those were those were the Marlins and the Nationals who finished with well over ninety losses. Each. Poor records. Yeah, the Royals' uh, home record versus road record was. They were third. They were almost 500 at home, 39 and 42, 26 and 55 on the road. So only th three games under 500 at home, 29 games under 500. So Some dramatic split there. Maybe some, do you think some of that comes from uh, their players having uh, no COVID tests and going to Toronto and <laughs> I don't know like one series. But what the, was the record in, in the Toronto series? I don't remember, but. I don't know. But I mean, that really did throw the team, you know, in peril there for a, a little while, right? Because I mean, that really um, well, hastened the, the switch to uh, you know, going to the young players. Um, yeah, maybe you think that having young players also, either more comfortable playing at home than they are on the road would be more mm -hmm. so than back too, so that could be part of it. Yeah, I mean, but do you think that um, they wouldn't necessarily know the home park as well defensively as they, as you know, they'd be on the same, like they may play it, be playing at home um, with the opponents having played more games in the home park than they have. I guess that's true, but so, maybe, maybe traveling is more, you know, it's a different, I think major league travel is a little different. It's a little cushier than minor league travel. True. And maybe you're, you know, maybe it's, a, you know, far longer distances mostly and it's, I don't know. Maybe you just don't focus as much on the on the road as you do at home. But yeah, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the Royals do, especially with 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 Quattraro. and you know if he can get things turned around even even a little bit next year. Do you expect? I don't expect the Royals to have a winning record next season, but 
Wouldn't think so. You would, I would expect yeah. them at least to get within sniffing distance of 500. That would be the hope with the new manager. And well, I think maybe the first year is just to see um, an improvement in record from from this season, which doesn't won't take a whole lot. I wouldn't think. Yeah, winning at least something in the 70s rather than yeah. something in the 60s. Just just have more wins next year than they had this season. I think that's that should be the only like goal they set as a team, just so that they can hopefully clear that bar easily, right? And maybe yeah, maybe not to be last place. In the central that'd be, as well. That'd be nice, but I don't think they don't really have control over that. Yeah, that's true. So much, but um, but yeah, if they could just win win more games than they won this year, would be, I think I think it should be the only goal they really set publicly. Maybe internally they may have other ideas, but just like I think a lot of it's just like tightening up the way they actually run the team is probably what the next few steps. But but this also you know creates a situation where you know, typically the the manager gets to pick his bench coach. And if they were, if they did, if um, Griffold didn't get a job somewhere else, then then um, it might be a weird, um, forced upon, you know, Quattrono having a bench coach that was already here, um, you know, might not be the best situation. So this, this, I think this is better. He'll at least get to pick, even if he picks some an internal person, you know, that might yeah, be maybe somebody who knows the players a little bit. You know, you might want at least yeah. a little, maybe, maybe in a different, probably you want somebody maybe that was with with some of these players in the minor leagues. And maybe now in the major leagues to give them some comfort, some comfort level or something. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, at least familiar with the way the pitching, how the pitching staff works. I guess you want, <coughs> excuse me. I guess you want the players to, um, you know, the, the man, the manager to get to another team in the offseason and and see how mm-hmm. things go. But I think you don't necessarily want to be just a, a just a complete clean slate with you know players yeah. that don't feel comfortable or know anybody and man and coaching staff who doesn't know anybody either coming in. Right. It's Piccolo. Piccolo was here before, so I guess he can. Hopefully, we'll keep some consistency at least, anyway. But uh, and I mean, um, but yeah, I think that this was like the better way to like from at least the psychology of it, right? Where uh, you have a chance to um, you know put a new new organization together without burning the old one down, and it seems like they picked the right strategy. They looked at the right. You know, team to model off of, because um, I think one of the other choices they were looking at for GM was the third base coach. I think for the um, um, Dodgers was um, Clayton McCullough. I think that would have been, you know, it's nice to go to a team that has a, a, a winning record and you know is a, a bit of a juggernaut. But uh, that's not the kind of team I think you're trying to build here. Well, that's not where you are now, at least anyway. Um, yeah, I like I, I like them going like, to Tampa, and I, and I like them not spending a lot of money um, to like go get like a Joe Madden or somebody like that. I think it would have been nice to have that kind of guy, but I don't think they were one want to spend that kind of money to, to bring him in. Yeah, I also like the Quattro pick because I just looked at Clayton McCullough. He's actually a year younger than us. Right? So I think I think having a still having a manager who's older than, than the two of us makes okay. me feel a little better. Yeah. How old, how old is um Quattraro? I didn't. Quattraro was born in seventy three. Okay, so he's forty. I think he's forty nine. He's like five years. Yeah, uh, McCullough was born in December seventy nine. So he's oh uh, Quattraro hasn't. He's only forty eight. He's born in November of seventy three. So yeah, you know he. But yeah, he's a few years older than us at least. Whereas yeah, yeah 
Ferraro, well, I mean, I mean, whereas McCullough is a younger, Ugh. he's even younger than we are. Yeah. Like um, Grifol, like Petraro and uh, McCullough also never made the major leagues. He only reached Triple uh, A. Uh, do you know? Do you know the last Royals manager who did not play in the majors? I have, I have a guess. I have a guess it was um, a manager who did not have a lot of success. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Trey Hillman. Yes, Trey Hillman was the uh, last uh, non-major league manager. He was Nate Moore's first hires manager and did not do terribly well. Once they, once, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, 2008, 2010. At the time, I, I kind of talked myself into um, thinking that could be a good pick. Yeah, I think I think when at the time people thought he was going to be a good pick, he was he was a strong manager in Japan. He had, yeah, you know, so. But it turned out but, he didn't. I think the most important part of it was the Yankees wanted him. Yeah, and, and the Royals got him, and so that seemed like a win for the Royals, and then it uh, didn't um, turn out that way. No. All right, that's that's maybe enough for baseball for now. Uh, do you want to talk about Week Nine of the NFL season to wrap things up? Let's do it. Well, before, I, I, this is, I think this is an interesting week because this is the first time, at least in several weeks, that neither of us has picked the Chiefs game as a game that we're going to bet on. The Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites at home against the Titans. We don't know who the Titans quarterback is going to be in this, this game. I think Ryan Tannehill was hurt last week. He had an ankle issue and he also was a little bit uh, ill from some sort of stomach virus. And uh Third round quarterback traffic from this year, Malik Willis played. Willis had only 50 some yards passing. He had an interception. Uh, that, however, the team had more than 300 yards rushing on the ground, including 219 yards from Derrick Henry. Uh, do you expect uh, Do you expect Henry uh, to keep running it the way he did against the Chiefs, or are the Titans going to try to open it up more in the air against Kansas City? Uh, I think that uh, I think they're I think they'll run a lot, um, but I don't think they're they're not going to have the success that um, I don't think uh, that they had against uh, you know their last opponent. So yeah, I think the Titans I, I also. I don't expect to see another two hundred yard performance. Yeah, I think the Titans are much weaker than they are were last year. Even though they have a pretty good record, they don't have AJ Brown at receiver anymore. He was their best mm. player, and he did very well against the Chiefs usually too, from what I remember. So yeah, I think. Um, yeah, they're going to try to run with Henry, and then I don't know if they'll have Tannehill will have more, much more success in the air, it seems like, than, than, than Willis, given, at least given the fact that you know, previous history. But uh, we also last, there's a little trivia, a little trivia tidbit from, from the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry had his sixth 200 yard rushing game in his career that ties him for the NFL record. For most 200-yard career rushing games, do you know that he's tied? You know the two other running backs who are tied with Derrick Henry. I um, I heard the stat uh, during the broadcast, and I um, don't remember who it was. It was a it was um, classic 
Big name player, I'm pretty sure. Big name players who, two big name players who have had, let's say, checkered off the field careers. Ooh. <laughs> checkered pass. No, it's not coming to me. Who, who are they? <laughs> One of them is is uh, Orenthal James Simpson, who had six 200-yard rushing games in his career for the Bills and the 49ers. I don't know if he had any for the 49ers. Uh, and the other is, I guess, slightly less checkered than OJ, who probably murdered some people. And that was <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Adrian Peterson, who of course oh. is um, has all sorts of uh, child abuse kind of allegations and arrests and things like that raised against him. So, how much do you think the NFL wants? Derrick Henry to have the record by himself, and or does this does this bode poorly for uh, Henry's post NFL career? Hmm. Yeah. Is he? <laughs> or or yeah. Would he um, not have any uh, weird scandals in the future? Had he not tied that record? Yeah. The, some yeah. of the more famous running backs who you know only you know for example. Another stat that I read was that Henry has four of his 200-yard rushing games, including last week. Four of those 200, four of those six 200-yard rushing games came against the Texans. So he has more 200-yard rushing games against the Texans than Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, and Ladanian Tomlinson each have in their entire careers. They only had three 200-yard rushing games each, and Henry has had four against one team. Against one team. Wow. So probably, yeah. So um, yeah. How? Yeah. Like as you mentioned before, though. Yeah. I I do think the NFL uh, very much wants Henry to get another 200 yard rushing game to kind of uh erase those names from that from at least one record anyway, right? Um, but yeah. Do you think do you think he has a chance to get it against the Chiefs or does the Chiefs uh, rush defense improve so much that uh, that's not possible? I don't think he's going to get 200 yards. I I think it's possible. I think even if the Chiefs allow 200 yards rushing from Derrick Henry, that doesn't mean they're not going to win the game because the Titans only scored 17 points last week with 219 yards from Henry. So if the Titans only score 17 points, I think the Chiefs have a very, very, very good shot at winning. So, Mm. you know, as long as those aren't like, you know, you know, Derrick Henry has like four, you know, long rushing touchdowns or something like that that really put put on the points. I think I think the Chiefs will be in good shape. I, I and he hasn't run particularly uh, well against the Chiefs. They haven't needed to use him as much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been the passing attack from Tannehill that's really hurt the Chiefs. And but yeah, his, the last few years they they were. I mean, their defense was so terrible against the run too. Derrick Henry did kind of like eat him up a few times, but not. Uh, they weren't going. They weren't handing the ball to him like thirty times a game. It was only like. Okay, so Henry's had has had three regular season games against the Chiefs. One game. One of those games was a very big game. He had two hundred and eighty-eight rushing yards, so not quite yeah. two hundred. Uh, but that was the game that the Chiefs lost. That was the Super Bowl season where the Chiefs lost by a because of a uh, miss a botched field goal and things like that at the end. Um, mm. 
was Mahomes' first game back from uh, from injury and things like that. And that was the same year the Chiefs would beat the Titans in the in the AFC Championship game. So the other two games, Henry has been held in the regular season has been held to under 100 yards, 58 one time and 86 on 29 carries the other time. So 12 carries. Yeah. So I, I yeah. So we we so do you have any? Do you have a leaning? Do you have a lean on the Chiefs? Do you think plus twelve and a half, minus twelve and a half is a? You think they'll win by twelve and a half? Or you think they're or they're? I think I think they'll win relatively handily, but I, I could see them winning by less than a twelve and a half. Um, I think I don't actually want to bet this game this time. It's not on my list of uh, bets. It's not on my list. I want to stay far away. Forced to bet it. I actually might take. Um, you know, Tennessee with the points. The points, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, know, assuming the Chiefs win, but just by less than 12 and a half. A 10-point yeah, hope- win seems pretty handy, you know, pretty handy win, at least anyway. Especially because chances are they would give up like a late touchdown or something to get them within 10, right? Yeah, like that, like the Tampa Bay game when they won 41-31, they gave Tampa, you know, a late touchdown or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I the the uh, Philly Houston game is final now. Uh, Seven nothing was the final. Okay, so up two games to one. Two two. Or two one two one yeah two one. Chiefs over under is forty six and a half. Titans, I I would stay away from that. It's one of those games where you think all the Chiefs could score forty points by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, if it's one of those, yeah. What do you what do you think is going to happen? I would I would say lower scoring than that. But um, Chiefs would win by ten or so. Would be my, I guess. But it, basically, anything can happen, and that's why I don't want to want to bet on this game. Yeah, I don't either. So yeah, so the first game that I ended up betting on was um, this week was New England at home against the Colts. New England is favored by five and a half. I think I think New England will cover that. It's at home. Uh, the Colts with Sam Ellinger are not. A very good offensive team, even New England with its quarterback issues. I think at home, I think that game. I think they can. I think they'll win that game by a touchdown or more. And yeah, so I think I'm picking New England minus five and a half over Indianapolis. How did how did it, um, Indy do last week? Uh, Indianapolis uh, lost to the Commanders oh. seventeen to sixteen oh. at home. And they yeah. lost to the Titans the week before, nineteen to ten. They didn't relatively low scoring games, but uh, mm-hmm. but they've been losing. So yeah, they've scored. They in only one game have the, the Colts scored more than twenty points. Wow! It was they beat Jacksonville thirty four twenty seven. Even when they beat the Chiefs, they only scored twenty points. It was twenty seven. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I think I think I don't know. Again, that could be you know who knows what's going to happen. I like I like I like uh, the Patriots in that spot. How about your first bet for this week? Uh, my first pick. Um, I uh, like the way some of my games went the last couple of weeks. Um, and last week I bet on, on um, Seahawks. Uh, this week they're an underdog on the road against Arizona. And uh, I think that uh, Seattle's maybe on a roll. I think they have got a chance to, uh, you know, extend their lead over Arizona at least. Anyway, maybe try to keep um, 
you know, pace for a playoff run, uh, they're going to need to win this game on the road. So I'm going to take Seattle uh, plus two at Arizona. I think that's going to be a, I think, I think that's a decent, that's a decent bet as well. Uh, although the Cardinals kind of surprisingly have had, they haven't been as unsuccessful, I think, as uh, it seems like they've been they're three and five on the year, mm-hmm. but they've been playing most teams pretty close. They only lost by a field goal to the Eagles. They lost, you know, by a touchdown at the Vikings. You know, the only game they really were out of was the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. So and that was ages ago. Yeah, they did lose by ten at Seattle. 19 to 9 only three weeks ago. So maybe Seattle knows how to play Cardinals. Yeah, I, I, that seems uh that seems reasonable. My um my second pick, I decided to go for like like you did last week, go for the Thursday night game. So mm. game um this week is the Eagles Texans. I did not make a bet bet on the spread, but I am going to make an over-under bet. And the Eagles are favored by 14 in that game, uh, but the over-under is 45. And I'm going to go Eagles-Texans under. I don't think the Eagles will score that many points. You know, they might get 24, 28 or something like that. But I I think they're going to hold the, I think they're going to hold the Texans to a, very modest uh, total. So I think um, that's going to be, yeah, the, the Texans on the year, like the Colts, there's only one game so far this year that they've scored more than 20 points. And that was in a loss to the Chargers, 34-24. So I think I think um, they scored 10 points last week against, the, against Tennessee. I think you know, it's Thursday night, anything can happen, but a lot of these Thursday night games have been very low scoring so far this year. So I think over, I think under 45, you know, maybe a 28, you know, even if, even a 28-14 game or something like that would, would would go under. And I could see it, you know, 24-7, something like that, uh, Eagles. So I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping going with the under there. So even if you look to the last game for the Eagles, they won, they beat uh, Pittsburgh 35-13. Um, which would go over, uh, but I don't. I don't know that um, Houston's better than Pittsburgh. So even if the Eagles did score thirty-five points, yeah, and then that was the that was, Eagles were at home. This is on the road. Mm-hmm. It's a rivalry week. game. There's maybe a little more urgency to yeah. Short week. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I still don't fully believe in the Eagles. Yeah, they've had a very easy schedule, and yeah. they're in the NFC. So I, I. I still I like a lower. I like and, Thursday and, night. And it's not getting any tougher this week. No, no. <laughs> I also I don't think I think they're I think they're not gonna really I think they're just gonna try to get through the game and not get anybody hurt. Get a you know, have a long they have a long break until the uh, the next week. So maybe this will just be a game where they you know, maybe if if it's if it's comfortable, they might take some of their starters out early and you know, just go, live on to play another week. So I, that's, that's my hope. Again, also, you know, who knows? The Texans might surprise and hold the Eagles down. But I still think, yeah, I, I like the under there. What, what, what do you think of your second? What's your second bet? Um, my second pick, um, 
I'm going to go with a current trend uh, here also where um, I like to bet against Tampa. So I'm going to take the uh, Rams uh, or um, the underdog there against against them at Tampa. Only three, three points, though. Uh, Rams plus three is uh, my second pick. The rematch of a playoff matchup uh, last year in the NFC where the Rams, in a very exciting game, uh, just barely beat the Buccaneers. I think they won by a field goal in the last seconds, or they, they won by three points, I think. Um, or, or it was a very close game, I remember, in the divisional round at Tampa. And looks like both teams this year are really struggling. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know who's going to win that game, but I, I, could, I, could, I could see the I – could, I, could, I, could, I could understand. I, maybe you think the Rams are in slightly better shape mm-hmm. than Buccaneers right now. The, the Rams' um, defensive line is pretty solid, too. So I could see Brady not getting – having even less time to throw than he uh, has had. Mm-hmm. And and he has not done that well under pressure this season either. So uh, I don't see Tampa winning a lot of games in the near future. I don't, I don't see them winning this one especially. Yeah, that is the only 425 game on CBS – this year, so that's going to be the national televised Tony Romo, yeah. Jim Nance game, and you can that game look much better before the season started than it does now. So, uh-huh. for sure, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, what's um is your third pick a national televised game? Mm, no, I don't believe it. Uh, it would be televised. I think uh, primarily in uh, two markets: Southern Florida and Chicagoland area, and that is the Bears, my Bears-Dolphins <laughs> game. The, well, many of the TVs in the Chicagoland area may be turned off specifically to not watch this game. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'm, I, I'm, I, 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 you know, Tula has, has been very successful so far this year. You know, he has two of the best receivers in the league, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to throw to. But I think uh, Tua's success has been a little bit unsustainable. You know, he's leading the league in passing efficiency and quarterback rating and all these things. But the, um, I, Miami has not played terribly well the last two games against not so great teams. They, they won 16 to 10 against the Steelers at home. Again, they could have easily lost to almost through some big picks there. And I think Miami really capitalized on Pittsburgh's turnovers. Every time there was an interceptable ball, they got it. Um, and they barely, also barely uh, beat the Lions on the road. So I think the Bears are better than the Lions. The Bears' offense has looked pretty lively the last couple of weeks. They've averaged more than 30 points a game. So I think even if Miami wins, it's going to be close. And so the Bears are, are uh, five-point underdogs at home. That's a pretty big amount. So I think I could see Miami winning, but I could also see I could also see the Bears keeping it really close and, and perhaps winning on their own. So. I yeah, Bears plus five against Miami. Fields has been doing a little better lately. I think the rushing attack for the Bears, Herbert and Montgomery has been solid. Mm-hmm. Get, they're getting more, and you know, he Fields is, Fields also r- runs the ball very well. So mm-hmm. yeah, may, maybe yeah, I, I'm I'm talking myself into the into the Bears at least. This was a hard. I think this felt, felt like felt like a hard week pick for me. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, uh, the slate of games were out. All right, when I, when I was trying to look at these to decide which picks it was, I just like was just scrolling. I was like, I don't want anything to do with any of these games. <laughs> Finally, I get to look at the last three games on the list anyway, and those were the uh, the three that I, that I ended up picking. <laughs> it was the last three games. What was your third? What was your third pick? Uh, my third um, was another bet that was uh, successful last week, uh, betting on Baltimore on the road. Hmm. Uh, this time, Baltimore is playing on the road against. Um, New Orleans and are three point favorites this time. So um I'm I'm taking uh, Baltimore on the road here, minus three. I guess yeah, you know, the the Saints did win the last game at home against the Raiders by significant margin. So you know, I think the and you never know what Taysom Hill is gonna uh, uh do. <laughs> Get three touchdowns or whatever. You know, I, I like I like the I like the Ravens in that spot too. I think, I think they're probably the third best team in the AFC behind Chiefs and the Bills. So, yeah, so they, yeah they they've really struggled at times this year, but uh, but I think the games they've lost have been yeah collapses at home after having had big leads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not one of those scenarios, so I, I will. Confidently go go with the uh, Baltimore this one. Okay, so yeah, look forward to seeing our betting. It, it can't go any worse for me this week than it did last week. And now we're we're it's a it's as as uh, announcers like to say, brand new ball game. Given the fact Very that we're tied game. in our betting, when I want I had the lead for several weeks, but now yes. we're tied again. Even though I guess. You know, it's technically not brand new. It's, it's it's still the game we've been playing. Just the leads have yes. uh, changed. Well, and, and the length of the duration of what's left is only half of what it was to start with, like less than half. Well, so, we're right in the mid. We're in the middle. We're right in the middle of. No, yeah, we're still, right, right, yeah. we still have, well, it was eight or eighteen weeks. So we, we after after this one, one we'll be half we'll be halfway yeah. through. And I'm looking we're, forward. We're to guaranteed to have losing records at the at the halfway point, though. But that's true. Yeah. It'll be it can be close though. After last week, I, I could have just gone to the strategy of just wait till you make your pick, and then take the other one. Take the opposite, the Costanza <laughs> approach. <Yeah. laughs> well, maybe nothing next. Nothing but against yourself, though. In this case, I can. If, if I start going over three again, maybe next week you'll want to do that. Yeah. Or or just to try to spite me, wait for me to pick, and then. You pick the same thing just so I can't get that one, right? Your, <laughs> That's right. Your, your bet would tank. You can do that at the end. If you get like a one-game lead, just take the same bet that I do just so you can't lose. You can't get, you can't get down any further, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not going to – I'm. yeah, I don't. I can't see myself doing all those things just to <laughs> spite you, but it's possible. It's possible. So should, should we wrap things up for this week? Sure. I think so, too. It's been a – Another exciting episode of the Warning Trick Power Hour. I'm sure all of our listeners and viewers are still glued to their seats, even though this has been an extra long power hour, I believe. And even uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's what you get here at the WTPH. Uh, with the price of one hour, you often get 90 minutes. And <laughs> that's just how we do things. Anyway, this has been the Warning Trick Power Hour. I am Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We, as I said before, the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like, 
and or subscribe to our many podcast video uh, delivery vehicles. And we will see you again next week. Good luck with uh, your, your teams this week on the NFL betting. And we will see you another time. Until then, good day.